What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the opportunity to hang out with Tyler Posey over Zoom video. You may recognize Tyler Posey from his very successful acting career. You might recognize him as Teen Wolf. But not only is Tyler an amazing actor, but he's an incredible musician as well. Tyler was born and raised in Los Angeles, California, and talks about how he got into music. Both his mom and dad both had some real big influences on him as a kid, and his life changed when he was seven years old at a friend's birthday party, and he heard Blink-182 for the first time. Tyler talked to us about learning guitar, the first few bands he was in, how he eventually got to meet John Feldman, how he got signed to his label, put out a couple records with John Feldman, now Tyler's independent, and he's got his debut album out called Unravel. We hear about the process of the new album and what he has coming up as well. You can watch our interview with Tyler on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Tyler Posey. Hey, what's up, Tyler? How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. I appreciate you doing this. Dude, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Adam. Nice to meet you, by the way. <laughs> Good to meet you, Adam. Right on. Um, it's crazy. Uh, we have a, a, a friend in common, um, the guy that wrote the theme song for our my podcast is Scott Russo, and you were in oh, the Unwritten Law video. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, he always has good things to say about you, and I'm like, I think I'm going to interview him coming up. He's like, that guy's dope. I'm like, oh, awesome. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I love him. I love his band. I fucking that was like a dream come true that I got to do that. That was insane. I've like, I've covered um, Seeing Red on my tours before, and they've just been like a huge, huge inspiration to me. So that was. Insane. That's so that's so awesome. Yeah, I grew up with or they're a little bit older than me, but I grew up with John Grill. They're his brother. So when he joined the band and stuff, that was so crazy. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember going to see them as a young kid and then seeing him play with them now is, is crazy. He was in the like uh, suicide, uh, teenage suicide video. And now he's like in the band. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's so crazy. But um, dude, yeah. Thank you so much again for doing this. Uh, it's about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the album and uh, everything else you have coming up. Sweet, dude. Yeah, sounds great, man. Let me turn this cool. over here. A little better light going on. There we go. Amazing. So uh, you were born and raised in L.A. or Santa Monica? Is that what I said? Yeah, about? yeah, yeah. I was uh, born in Santa Monica, grew up. Um, we sort of moved around all throughout Los Angeles uh, before I was like four years old, and then when I was like three or four, we landed in a little small town uh, just north of Los Angeles called Santa Clarita. Okay. Suburbs of LA. Um, not much to do other than skateboard and listen to punk rock. And so that's kind of. <laughs> a lot of Southern California, right? Or, or surf exactly. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm from San Diego. That's how I know the UL I'm guys. Saying. But like, um, yeah, that's cool, man. So um, skateboard, listen to punk rock. Um, is that how you got into music a little bit was, I know for me, skateboarding was like a huge, like door to all these bands just from the videos and stuff. Yeah. It kind of happened simultaneously. I, uh, so my, my parents are huge music fans. My dad took me to my first concert. Um, Peter, Paul and Mary, they like played Puff the Magic Dragon and oh yeah, yeah. a bunch of other shit. And, uh, but my dad introduced me to like some, you know, heavier stuff like Derek and the Dominoes and, Layla was like my favorite song when I was a kid and Jimi Hendrix, Creedence Clearwater and um, all of those great bands from like the uh, um, Woodstock era. That was my dad's kind of forte. And then my mom introduced me to uh, Alanis Morissette and Joni Mitchell and uh, Santana. And so I just had like a automatically a really good taste in, in good music, you know, but this was like, you know, early nineties. Um, so it, the stuff wasn't outdated. There was just newer shit going on that I wasn't quite aware of yet. And my older brother, who's a, who's a guitarist also um, the only other really musician in my, my family 
was a big fan of Sublime and, and Metallica. He's a big metalhead. And so mm-hmm. he introduced me to that world. So it was like I was getting a newer sort of taste of music. Mm-hmm. And then, um, at my friend's seventh birthday party, uh, Enema of the State had just come out. And oh, okay. we were playing it on a boombox. And I was like, what is this? It, I've never heard anything like it before. Um, and that was when I was like, I finally found my my taste. I had all these other influences from my family, but this was like something that I found on my own and and it hit me uh really intensely and I felt so such a connection to it and um I think I think partly because there was a few reasons I think I was I was an actor when I was really still am I started acting really young and uh I kind of felt like not connected with the business that that side of the business because i don't know i i i was introduced to a lot of actors who i think were kind of like for lack of a better term like kind of like divas and so i was like i don't i don't know if i like this world and i was kind of embarrassed by having a career at such a young age and music is something that i finally found like oh wow i feel identified with this um and and punk rock and pop punk and and then sort of skateboarding sort of went hand in hand with that it was it was something that i felt like i could do that made me feel normal because like having a career at like seven years old you felt really disconnected from your peers and the kids that you were friends with you know i I just felt like i just felt like a like a like an alien you know in this little small town that i was growing up in and you know everybody knew each other i had a lot of friends but the more and more i would i would travel and stay away the less connected i felt to a home base and to friends and so punk rock and skateboarding kind of it made me feel like I had a home base, you know, and it kept me sort of grounded. And, um, and that's pretty much where it took off. And so whenever, whenever I traveled, I would always bring my skateboard with me. And then I would go to the music store, the CD store and just buy blink, just <laughs> blink and, and their, their documentaries. And, and they would introduce me to no effects and green day and screeching weasel and all of these punk bands. And it just, it literally like, they became my my friends because when I was on the road working, uh, most of the time I was the only kid, and right. so there weren't too many people around to kind of you know keep me preoccupied and busy and distracted. And so my friends became my skateboard and uh, Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine that being hard. I mean, to be young an actor and then you're probably you know, surrounded by only you know older people in the industry, and then you're right. kind of there like. Uh, yeah, this is great, but you know, I want to go do kids stuff also. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I did feel a sense of like um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the position that I was in. I felt like um, felt you know, it was nice to feel like I had a career at, at a young age. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't feel too like bad about that. I sure. I, I, I always sort of um, patted myself on the back, like I was like, "This is fucking cool," you know, at a young yeah, age. Was, yeah, it's really cool. I always knew that this was like a, a cool life and I, I always sort of like was proud of myself for it but there was um an element of like wanting to fit in that 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 i was kind of like reaching for always mm-hmm. um yeah was uh acting something you were interested in at a very young age was that something that you're like oh this is cool like i want to do this because I, I, yeah. I believe your father's an actor isn't he yeah it was sort of influenced by him um mm-hmm. So, so when my mom was pregnant with my brother, my dad was filming on sets and he needed to babysit me essentially. And so he would take me to sets and, you know, a, a short day on a, on a film set is 12 hours. So it's, you know, you're automatically thrust into some like really long hours. And, um, but I didn't really complain. I was always kind of kicking it and kind of fascinated by the whole process. And I just sort of grew up around it. And then um, my dad took me to an audition, my first audition. And I, and I guess I hated it. This is, the story is that I fucking hated it. I was like, <laughs> I, like this. I feel uncomfortable and weird and auditioning in front of like random strangers was, I mean, to this day, that's not the funnest thing in the world. Right. It's still kind of, int- yeah, it's still kind of uncomfortable. I would imagine <laughs> it's being, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a fun, it's not a fun process. Um, but I guess the, a year later I came back to him and I was like, I think I want to try that again. And uh, basically, I've been working ever since. So it's wow. so I, I and I did eventually find a passion for it, and and um, my passions are still growing within it. Like I, I I want to branch out. Other than just acting, I've been writing and directing and producing and um, 
trying to make my own projects. And so I just, I have a, I guess I'm really creative in kind of what, in whatever front, whether it's music, uh, filmmaking, uh, making food, you know, whatever. It's like, I, uh, I like to exercise creativity sort of through everything. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome that you not only have this great acting career, but you are doing something that you fell in love with at seven, you know, playing pop or just punk and, and being around those bands and you're in the bunch of their videos i mean like state champs right. you're in the halsey video like yeah. that's like my, one of my favorite halsey songs like oh my gosh he's in this music video like that's just to me like how cool and you've worked with travis barker i mean having that be kind of the gateway to right. the music you're listening to that's really rad just kind of how that's all unraveled for you it is dude it's it's uh nice unravel it's the name of my album yeah, i know well, i didn't try to throw that in there but i <laughs> i mean yeah you're right dude it's uh it's 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 um i don't know it's hard to put into words i'm so fucking fortunate and like lucky and, and grateful and and i don't know i kind of always like foresaw this at a young age and and just strived for it and always did my best to kind of like um express my love and passion for this scene. And I think that's really how it started. Like uh, I was always just vocal online. Cause I, I know, I know that, you know, this scene, um, it didn't disappear, but it, it, you know, sort of pop took precedence for a long time. And, oh, yeah. and, and as I was sort of on my rise, um, I wanted to reintroduce this scene to the, my fans who were younger than, mm -hmm. and, and didn't really know too much about this unless they had like an older sibling and so i was always super vocal about it on twitter on instagram and posting state champs and neck deep and knuckle puck and story so far and i was like you guys gotta listen to these bands blah 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 <laughs> and, and everyone sort of started taking notice and and at, at that point i was i was in bands also and mm -hmm. uh, you know playing one-off shows here and there and doing small little tours and um yeah, I just I just always wanted it to I was just trying to, you know, spread the love, spread the word and of what of how it affected me and hopefully it could do the same to, you know, somebody else. I love how the, the that's the scene is coming back. I mean, that that was the music I listened to growing up, like all the pop punk and emo bands, like taking back. I remember seeing a lot of these bands play to 20 people and then right. this whole scene is just exploded again, which is so cool to see. It and is cool. Yeah. And the fact that you're doing this and a lot of other artists that have, have kind of popped off doing the, the pop punk thing and just doing it in such a new way. I mean, it obviously it fits in the realm, but it's just like this updated version of it. It's it's really cool to see. Yeah, it is nice that, you know, it's it is it, it has a home again. You know, the fact that Blink is like, in my opinion, the biggest band in the world right now is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> when, they, when, when they when they played Coachella, I was like watching the live stream and was literally crying the entire time. It's something that I've been like, I don't know, man. That was really special. Tom, Tom to me is just I have his little guitar signed right here, and oh, that's dope. Uh, yeah, it's his little Stratocaster. Uh, I, I have the real version somewhere in my closet somewhere, but um, that's just that he's been. Uh, the most influential person in my life other than my dad, my family. And so the fact that like I could see them playing again, it's was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. It was, it's really awesome that they got back together at the three of them. I mean, I loved Alkaline Trio and Matt Skiba, but it's just not, it doesn't, it's not blink. If you, when I saw him a couple of times with him, yeah. I was like, God, I need, you know, Tom needs to be back in this band. But, yeah. um, Same. so what about getting into like guitar, like playing music at all? Like when did you start, right. uh, venturing that way um yeah i got my first guitar at well i got a tiny guitar at like five years old this little tiny like electric guitar that i never really picked up but i would um my older brother was always a metallica head and so i would use there's like home videos of me like just like open strumming it singing enter sandman um, <laughs> so that was like my first i guess taste of it but then i didn't get serious about it until i was about like 11 or 12 I just, um, during those like years before I was filming in, in Toronto, Canada, and I was eight years old to 12. And so that entire four years, like I said, my, my only friends were, were going to the CD store and getting Blink and other punk music. And I just like grew such a love for 
for music. And I was like, I want to not only listen to it, I need to, I need to be a part of it somehow. I have, I've been like writing lyrics and I, I, I want to know how to put them to a song and I want to know how to play the song. And, and so as soon as I got home and had enough time and uh, I went to my local music store and like picked up a guitar and, or picked up a bass. I think I picked up a bass first. I started playing bass and guitar at the same time. Um, but bass was like the first thing I, I really started, I think because it felt like an easier instrument to kind of master, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I was like 12 years old, immediately slapped like uh, Atticus stickers, audio <laughs> stickers, uh, every single skate company you could think of, like was the, the it was like a little Squire Bronco bass and it was just covered in blink <laughs> stickers and it was so cool. Um, and then I picked up a guitar not too long after that and took a couple of lessons. And they basically just taught me like Newfound Glory songs and Blink songs because Catalyst, Newfound Glory's album had uh -huh. just come out at that time. And so I was just learning that on bass and, and guitar and uh, immediately started a band, um, little garage band. We were called, uh, what were we called? I don't know if we had a name. Okay. But, um, Eventually, it was like toothless sidekicks and close to disaster, <laughs> black tie event, you know, little fucking punk rock band names. Um, and uh, yeah, that's really how it started. And, and I just kind of taught myself how to play like songs and immediately started like recording myself. I, I knew that I didn't just want to learn how to play other people's songs. I knew I, I, I had I wanted to be creative and I had my own voice that I wanted to get out into the world and so i i started recording on this little tiny eight track roland recorder um it, that's all it was it was just a little instrument that had eight tracks and you could just you could record on top of one another and it was the first time i had ever seen something like that and never dealt with anything like that before and so it was just like this fucking future just sitting in front of me i was like this thing is so sick i couldn't <laughs> believe like the technology and eventually i got like a bigger one it was 12 tracks and it had a CD burner inside of it. And I was like, oh, dude, it's game over from here. Like, this is like the epitome of technology. I think this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I would like record songs and then burn them on this little CD and I'd, like hand them out and my friends and wherever and, you know, go to punk shows. And, and, then, uh, and then I graduated to like Pro Tools and got a laptop or whatever. And, and so, yeah, so that was, that was the history of kind of me learning guitar and, 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 my one of my best friends at the time was playing bass and he was always mark and i was always tom and so we just constantly were in the studio practicing in my garage and making noise and it was just it was it was a really fun time and my my town um had a really sick music scene it was a lot of ska there was a lot of ska going on back then mm -hmm. but there was still a really good little punk scene and so it was just really nice like you know all the bands knew each other and I idolized like the other older bands who like had a small little record deal. I was like, God, you guys are so fucking cool. And <laughs> it was cool. It was a cool little town to grow up in, you know, <clears throat> Were any, do you remember any of those? Did any of those bands end up sticking around and doing anything? Do you remember? Um, there's a band called Halifax. Remember Halifax? Oh yeah. I, I remember those guys. Yeah. Halifax, we, we kind, was kind of in that scene. They were just like moving yeah. up and we were like, wow, these guys are fucking great. Um, there was another band called um, uh, Fetterline. I don't know if you know them. They were pretty, oh, no. pretty not. They they were huge to me, but they 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 never really popped like, off. Broke. Um, yeah. And uh, fuck, there was somebody else. There was a band called The Gamble. Um, yeah, they were just huge in my eyes, but I don't think they ever really made it. Yeah, it's cool that I love hearing those stories because it's like I remember as a kid in San Diego seeing bands that I thought I was like, oh, my gosh, like these guys are like rock stars. And then you look at like the big picture when you're older and you're like, well, they had this big following in, in town. But still, I mean, that's so cool to yeah. to have those memories and like be like, oh, one day, you don't want to do what, what these guys are doing. And it's like it's such a local level. But at that time, it doesn't even matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely sort of it helped kind of like push me, motivate me to get there, you know? Yeah. And then you did a few other bands. I mean, between what you're doing right. now, right? Yeah. Like lost in Costco, you had a yeah, lost in Costco was the first band that um, felt like, uh, like a complete project. Um, me and my best friend uh, started this band. And then I met this other dude from this other band. Um, and then an another kid, I think from school. And so we, we made this little four piece, um, and it was like right around the same time that Teen Wolf was getting popular. So 
uh, we were like, let's let's go see if we can play some gigs. And I, I can't remember how we reached out to the Roxy over here on Sunset, mm-hmm. but we were like, do you mind if we play some shows here? And they were like, absolutely. And so we like, we sold out like three or four times in a row. And I was like, this is fucking insane. And <laughs> it was like my first taste of, uh, of, of, of that, you know, of, of, of what it felt like to be a, like a, a, a rock star, you know, and, and uh, we had so much fun and, and then Teen Wolf started getting really, you know, taking all of my time away. And so it, sure. we just sort of called it quits for a little while and, and um and yeah and 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 then i got back at it once team wolf ended a few years later um and then we started another band called pavements and then decided i wanted to do something a little bit different um started another band called five north and then COVID happened and uh, so so five north was was um with john felbin that was the first time i was in a label and uh and wow it felt yeah how did you end up meeting john feldman yeah so pavements um we did like a couple of that that was like so lost in costco was really fun and my first taste of everything teen wolf happened after teen wolf we started pavements and that was where we took it really seriously like we set up tours we toured in the u.s we toured two or three times in the uk and in europe um and really started like garnering a you know a fan base and love and it was small shows you know for the most part um but it was fucking awesome dude like, yeah but you were doing it i mean that's awesome to tour yeah. internationally yeah it was great and i really wanted to earn it you know like we never toured in the bus we were always in some little tiny van like cramped up next to each other and and that's that's the way i saw blink 22 doing it in these little documentaries you know like Re- urethra chronicles and oh, yeah. i, I like, had that on a vhs tape exactly. over here somewhere <laughs> exactly that's awesome so so i was like that's what i want to do and i want to earn it and i never i this was such a scene that i i wanted to i don't know if impress is the right word but i wanted to cut my teeth i wanted to show my peers in this scene, I'm like, look, I know that I have this other career that's sort of helped catapulting me, but I never want to use that as like a crutch. You know, I always want to be earning this from the ground up. And so that's, that's, that's how we did it. Um, and so we were playing the last year of Warp Tour. <clears throat> we played like four dates, <clears throat> the Ventura, and then all the last three um, Florida dates. And I have a f- really good friend who's, who knows John Feldman and he's like, John's going to be there. If you see him, tell him I said, hi, say, say to go up to him and introduce yourself. You know, I know you want to meet him. I was like, sure. And so I saw him backstage and he was with his kids and I was just going to let him walk by. I'd be like, I don't, I don't want to bother him. But I, I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll say hi. And I was like, Hey, John. <laughs> and he's like, Oh yeah, Tyler, my buddy said to meet you. Yeah, yeah. And so like introduced himself and met his kids and took a picture with his kids. And then uh, I was like, dude, if you want, my band's playing right here uh, in like a couple hours. He's like, I'll stop by. It's like fucking awesome. And so like, it was already cool that I was at Warp Tour in Ventura. That was the first place I ever went to in Warp Tour when I was 14 years old. And so oh, rad. playing that venue was, was, was a huge full circle moment for me. And I was just soaking it in. And, and halfway through the set, I look out. <clears throat> and at this point, I'm friends with state champs and all of, you know, the up and coming like punk bands and. Mm-hmm. I look out and John Feldman's standing with Derek and I think Ryan and Tyler from state champs. Oh. And I'm just, they're in the back of the, of the crowd. And there was a pretty sizable crowd. I was the, already, I was like stoked. And there was like floaties being thrown in the air, maybe like a sex doll being thrown in the air. <laughs> um, and I was, it was just like a dream come true. And then I saw them out in the back and I was like, God, that's so fucking cool. And, uh, and at this point, Feldy was just starting the label big noise and uh-huh. I remember he blasted out like something on Instagram saying, send in your band. We're looking for p- bands to sign. And I don't think I ever sent my band in, but um, after the set, he like gave me his number and he was like, I'm having a birthday in a couple of days or a week, or I can't remember. I would love for you to stop by. And I was like, all right, great. I stopped by um, his house and, and uh, he was introducing me to everybody and took me back into a studio where he's done blink and five seconds of summer and, the used you know every fucking band that i fell in love with and and uh he was showing me new blink and i was like get the fuck out of here where am i and and uh and then he looks at me and he's like uh how do you feel about me signing your band and i was like 
Dude, of course, please. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I did not expect anything like that, but I, I'm in a hundred percent. I'm dedicating and committing and whatever. And, and so um, at that point, like pavements and I were kind of feeling like we wanted to go separate ways. And then, uh, and so we started a new band um, five North and the bassist was my, my tour manager and one of my best friends um, from growing up and, uh, his brother was in that band Fetterline that I mentioned earlier. Okay. Like this huge band for us. Um, and then my drummer was the dude from Makeout who Feldman introduced me to, the drummer from Makeout, Scott Eckel. And so we started this little band called Five North. And uh and that was that was the band that, that that kicked off big noise for me. And and it was so much fun, dude. It was just like uh an, another new like stepping stone in this world and and felt fresh and fun and exciting and the creativity within the studio with Feldman was just like I really felt like we were really in tune with each other and you know we both grew up playing punk rock music and it was so much fun writing off of one another he and I and and uh I don't know dude it just it it, it, it pavements felt like a band for me but this felt like I don't know just it felt it felt like the next step and and it, it really felt like something that I was proud of and excited about. And, and then COVID happened, like after our first show, our first real show. Hello, fresh bringing it backwards. Listeners know how much my family and I absolutely love hello fresh. We love the pre-portioned ingredients, the seasonal recipes. They have such good food. And of course the fact that they deliver it right to my doorstep, skip the grocery store, HelloFresh makes home cooking so easy. With HelloFresh, we have more free time, which is essential during the summer with the kids home from school and camps and uh, all the vacations, everything going on, people coming to visit. Just planning the meal, trying to figure out what we're going to have for dinner is <laughs> just one less thing I have to worry about with HelloFresh. They take care of the meal planning, no trips to the grocery store. They deliver the ingredients. Everything I need arrives right to my doorstep. It's the peak of summer, which also means peak time for summer produce. And HelloFresh, make sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days. The other night I made the Arthur Avenue pork sausage and pepper heroes had melty mozzarella and garlic potato wedges. It was so good. Italian pork sausage, mixed in some tomato paste, Italian seasoning, cut up some onions, some long green peppers, a little garlic butter on the baguette with a side of those garlic potato wedges. My family absolutely loved it. So easy. All the ingredients right there for me. No wasted food. Step-by-step -step instructions. I had the entire meal cooked in 30 minutes. It would have took me 30 minutes or more, just to try to figure out what I was going to make for dinner that night. Again, we love HelloFresh. And right now, bringing it backwards, listeners, will get 50% off plus free shipping. You go to HelloFresh.com slash backwards50 and use the code backwards50 for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash backwards50 and use the code backwards50 for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash backwards 50, 50% off plus free shipping with the code backwards 50. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Did you have the record finished at that point? So we had, we had an EP done. Yeah. Uh, the scumbag EP. Yeah, Is that exactly. that one? Okay. So, so that came out, um, so that came out before COVID. I, yeah, that was my question. Yeah, like just before COVID. And okay. so we played, we, we, we were like setting up tours and shows and we played one show. Oh, no, sorry. We did two shows. We did an emo night show. That was our first show. And then we did another show with this band called Cut You Up. Oh, yeah. I rem they opened for Blink yes. and Green Day on that Pop Disaster Tour. Pop Disaster Tour, yeah. And they had a, the documentary Riding in Bands with Boys, which is my favorite movie in the entire world. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, dude, you got to see it. It's I have to check about, it out. All about the Pop Disaster Tour. Blink are in it. They're all, it's just, it's, a, and it follows Cut You Up and they're just maniacs. And so. Real quick. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt your story. I just have a quick question about the film. Okay, so yeah. the word is they got so hammered before the San Diego show that they didn't make it to the stage. Is that on there? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if it was hammered, but I think like they missed the Chris, time or something. Yeah, Chris, right. Chris, Chris was with Tom um, riding in the bus somewhere and all the dudes were like giving him shit for it. Like two of the members were like gone and they missed their show. Um, and like the other members were like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to fucking leave. And you see it all happening on this documentary, dude. <laughs> That's it's, crazy. It's like cinematic masterpiece. It's yeah, I remember hearing about that. I didn't know it was in this film. What's oh, the film so called again? I just didn't want to type it in real quick. So I don't riding know. in vans with boys. Okay. I'm going to look at that soundtrack. This. It's dude. It is just like the best fucking thing in, in, the, in the world. And so I got, I started getting close with, um, Brandon, uh, Parkhurst who played guitar and I think bass, they would switch off every now and then. Um, he and I started getting close about some other stuff. And then he was like, yo, cut you up. It's having a show. Let's play. And I was like, dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like my life just kept getting like cooler and cooler and cooler and cooler and cooler. And we played that show and literally it was like February of 2020. And so it was like the next day COVID had happened. And oh my God, my drummer is, is lives in Australia. Um, so he was, he couldn't, he couldn't come to the U S for years. And then my bassist, uh, started like, he had another career that he was working on because like music, you know, he needed a job. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm just kind of in the studio by myself. Um, I might want to try a solo thing and see how that goes. And, and my name has more of a recognition than my band at this point. And I don't know, it just kind of felt like, uh, a step that was sort of calling to me. And, you know, I, I, I love, I love having a band. I love having bandmates and friends. And I still have people that I play with all the time who are some of my best friends um, that are in my band, but I wanted to, I wanted to experiment and, and try out the solo project. And I don't know, I've never really seen a solo project that is also just like punk rock, you know, I guess, yeah. I guess some out there, you know, especially now. Um, but I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it, you know, an artist, who's like, you know, the name of the, of the person, but also is doing like, you know, full on punk. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. And it's still sort of an experiment and still going through it and figuring it out. But uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's how. Wow. It and because you put out drugs, that EP, was that written during that COVID time or like kind of after when you were figuring out what to do next as far as yeah, the band? So that was, that was originally, it started with five North. It was, this was before I decided to do Tyler Posey. Okay. Um, and halfway through it, I was like getting sober. So this was like during COVID, I kind of had like a, I don't know, growing up in Santa, S S Southern California, you're going to smoke pot and skateboard. Like that. Oh, was, sure. Yeah. <laughs> my homies and I were like, we started partying before everybody else and like hotboxing our fuck our little car and before class. <laughs> of course. And that was, that's how it was. And then, but we also sort of like, you know, graduated to heavier stuff. And so I was always experimenting throughout my life and it never got too out of control. But during COVID, I was like in sort of a, a depressed place and and just let let loose. I was just like, I'm just going to see how far I can take this and ended up going too far and realizing like, OK, this isn't I can't I, this lifestyle doesn't work for me. And so it was like right around that same time that we were recording drugs, EP four or five north halfway through I was getting sober so the so the EP became about getting sober and sort of my life before and and how it is after and and then it just felt like so personal that I was like I don't know maybe I should make this you know my own story with my name and mm -hmm. that's just kind of how it happened and and then yeah and then Travis got in a song and Femme uh, was introduced to me at that point and we started writing a bunch of music and then we fell in love and um, <laughs> it took a little bit of time it wasn't that quick but yeah yeah, it was uh, it was a really wow. cool it's like sort of like era for me and still riding off those coattails and, you know, figuring yeah, it out. Femme's opening for you, I think, on your album release, right? Yeah, definitely. It's always a weird thing when you're asking your partner to open for you, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but but the night I was like, you know, I just want homies there. I just want friends and loved yeah. ones. And so it only makes sense to have you there with me. It would be weird to, for me to open for you because it's my show, but I, that's how I want it. You know, I don't want you to open for me. Um, but she's, you know, uh, the biggest team player is, is excited. And so it's, uh, yeah, so she, she's opening for me. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And so the, you have an album, this is like your first album. Why'd you decide to go do, you know, do a full album instead of continuing with an EP? It, it, to me, it's a rite of passage, you know, I, growing up, 
all the bands I idolized, I never once saw an EP, maybe Flyswatter from Blink. Um, but it was all yeah, there really was an EP. I mean, this is kind of a new explosion, I feel like. Exactly. Yeah. And and so all my inspirations, I was like, I've never seen an EP before. And it was always something I really wanted to do. And and every every EP that we did, I was like, ah, I want I, there's more. I want to do more. I, it's not enough for me. And so I always tried to squeeze in the maximum amount of songs that an EP can hold. And I think my last one was like eight songs, which is almost an album, a full album. <laughs> right. So it's something that I've just, I, I've just, it's been calling to me and I've always wanted to do. And it, I think it's so cool to have a whole body of work that's, you know, is that, that's, that's, that's big, that's long and, and kind of takes you on like a little bit of a journey. And I feel like an EP isn't quite long enough to really get sucked into and take you on a journey. And it's just something I really wanted to, I, it, to me, it felt like a rite of passage and, and I was, you know, I, at this point I, I, I left Feldy's label, um, you know, all amicably, like we're still really, really close. I'm seeing him like tomorrow. Um, it was just something that I kind of wanted to try out on my own. You know, I, it, it became, I, I put this added pressure on myself being in a label that there's like, you know, a whole team of people that I now need to sort of not impress, but you know, their jobs are at my stake, you know, and yeah. I felt like added pressure to make songs that people wanted to hear as opposed to songs that I wanted to write and play. Just because like I wanted I want I, I wanted the label to do good and I wanted I wanted me to be a part of that. And so like I, I knew that pop punk wasn't the biggest thing in the world. And so I felt almost guilty writing songs that I loved. You know what I mean? Because they weren't getting the biggest plays or whatever. And so I was like, all right, I need to take a step back here. This isn't fun for me anymore. Maybe I need to be solo. And so they honored that completely and and uh let me be independent and um so that's so this so this what this album is. This is my first independent release in a few years, uh, but it's also my first full length. And so it's a lot of milestones kind of happening at one time. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's all still kind of an experiment. And I'm just like, but but the thing that matters the most is that like I'm having fun. Like it's the whole the whole con- the album is just like it's sort of eclectic. Like it, it, there's a, it obviously it has a rock punk rock foundation, but it's kind of all over the place. And that's what I wanted to express was that like, you know, 31 years of my life now, I, I, my, my tastes have sort of broadened and they're not just, you know, strictly Blink-182 and pop punk, even though that's my biggest love. I wanted to sort of show the world that like, or my fans that, you know, here's all my influences and they're all sort of from this sort of era of late nineties, early two thousands that I wanted to reintroduce to, you know, some kids who maybe weren't around at that time or, or have never heard of that era before. And so I've got a lot of stuff in there that kind of resembles, you know, anything from Sugar Ray to Alkaline Trio to Blink to Green Day, um, Alanis Morissette, like that whole era sort of is uh, encompassed in this EP or full length album. And so, yeah. Like, uh, I I love the songs I've heard thus far. I mean, with running i mean that's like a more of like a reggae-ish vibe song and right. you can hear it in just the singles that you've released thus far yeah there's kind um, of eclectic and yeah it's yeah, rad it doesn't sound like straightforward like a punk rock record it's like there's right right yeah cool elements yeah, that's definitely what i wanted i wanted to even see him like and for me i kind of have that luxury to sort of be eclectic because i think a lot of artists are sort of happily pigeonholed in their own genre because if they step outside of it the fans are like what the fuck are you doing yeah yeah how dare you and so for me i have this other career where you know i i I, i'm not solely relying on music so i i i'm not like okay i need to do this structured and and safe um i can kind of go outside of the box a little bit and, and explore and experiment and so i went for it you know, and and yeah, Running has like a, a three eleven vibe, which I, yeah. I I love that band so much, and they're one of my favorite bands. And so I really wanted to kind of just like put it all in there, that all my loves, and see how people will enjoy it. That's amazing. And when you did, you know you're going to write an album when you went into this, or did you have a couple songs and you're like, uh, like let's, I want to do no, this. I, I really want to do an album. I didn't know. I knew that I was going to have a shitload of a body of work. Like I knew that like I was going to have a shitload of songs and I was like, I just want to release them. I'm tired of like writing music and it just sitting there. Like I want to just release all of it. So I knew I had a lot. Originally I was like, maybe I do two EPs, 
you know, one that's sort of like they're like juxtaposition, like one's heavy, one's softer. Um, and then I was like, concept albums, hot and cold. Like, what am I going to do here? Um, and I was like, I'm just going to put it all on one. Fuck it. Like I want, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always wanted to sort of, you know, do the different genres on one album kind of vibe and not pigeonhole myself to anything. And, and that's, that's how it came about. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, uh, I, I knew that I was going to release a lot of music. I just didn't know how in what capacity, if it was going to be 500 singles or two EPs or, uh, full length, you know, so, and I still have songs that are, aren't even on the, e on the, the album that, that are just sitting there waiting for the next release. Oh, wow. With this release, was this the first one that you've done, at least for the past two, that wasn't with John Feldman? Was it, did you do the last two with him? Yeah, I did. I did Scumbag and Drugs with Feldy. Um, and same situation with him. Like we, when I left the label, there's like, I don't know, 10 songs that aren't released. And I was like, what are we going to do with these? You're not just going to like burn them, throw them away, are you? And he's like, never. He's <laughs> like, release them. And I was like, oh, dude, thank you so much. And so I've got five Feldy songs on this album. One of them oh, okay. is Gravity. Um, Gravity was the first song I wrote with Femme and Feldy. Um, and so that that one finally made it. I have songs that Feldy and I wrote like three or four years ago that are on this album. And so it's I'm happy to kind of get everything out there. And, and you know, so Feldy does have definitely a big hand in this. And OK, yeah. Was it like doing the other songs that you didn't work with him? Was that a lot different? Like, like, what was that well, experience like? You know, not working with him, and since you had been doing that for him, yeah, it was, years. it was it was pretty similar in the sense that like it was extremely collaborative. Matt Malpass was my producer who did the rest of the album, and he was basically not trained by Feldman, but he worked with Feldman for years, and so it was a very similar sort of process. Um, you know, like he, he Matt and and Feldman sort of uh they do things very similar because matt worked with him for so long and so mm -hmm. the process was 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 really like uh familiar and um yeah it was just great matt is an incredible musician too and has great ideas and he and i became really really good friends like he's one of my best friends now matt malpass and and so it it, it was really fun the whole recording process never felt like like a burden and never felt like uh work we like went, went to hawaii we went to Big Bear on the lake and like oh, running, you can hear the ocean. That's literally our ocean outside of our Airbnb in Hawaii in the beginning of the song. And so it was just like, it was, it really just felt like homies kicking it. Cause that's what it is. And, and I don't know, I, I, that's what I was missing so much from making music before is, uh, you know, that camaraderie, that friend, just like having fun. And, and the product is, you know, that it's the product of just having fun and, you know, collaborating and just really happy that we were able to do that and capture it. And it's, it's totally like a passion project. Like it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I just love it so much. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, to, so you didn't have to go to, it sounds like you didn't have to go to like a big studio to record. It was just did it as like at different places. Like you recorded in Hawaii, you recorded in big bear or yeah, those we, just demo takes or. We did two locations. He brought all of his equipment or a condensed version of his equipment. Um, and then we finished it off in his house, his house studio, which is like mm -hmm. a big, a bigger studio space. Um, but it was all pretty much like not gorilla, but pretty close to that, you know, yeah. just like on the go. And, and um, it always felt like not work, you know, in that mm -hmm. sense, it was always just like fun and easygoing. And let's try this idea out. Let's try this. There was no pressure because, I was I was now not trying to impress the fans. I was just like, let's fucking have fun and do whatever the hell we want, you know. And so, each each moment in the studio was just was so much fun. Like, we have hours long. Like, have you heard of Mark Tom, the Mark Tom and Travis show? Yes, yes. Not at the after the end of the songs, there's just like an like hour banter, banter. Yeah, we, yeah. We have that, so I, I want to put that out at one point. But like, we have oh, that's awesome, and it just shows how much fun we had the entire process, and it's really cool. That's awesome. That's really yeah. awesome. And you have the, obviously the, the record comes out tomorrow, right? The mm. album comes out tomorrow. Holy shit. It does. I keep forgetting, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that it's that close. Yeah. Fuck. Or I guess it would come out tonight at like tonight. Yeah. 9, 9 PM. Um, yeah. 9 PM on the West coast. Holy I recently shit. moved to Nashville a couple of years ago, so I'll, I'll get it at 11, right, right, right. <laughs> but that's so killer, man. Um, it's coming out tonight. Then the show isn't for a couple weeks, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you gonna do a 
anything tomorrow for it at all or just be excited that it's out? Just gonna be excited that it's out. I'm just like I'm getting tattooed all day tomorrow. <laughs> oh, really? Rad. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like a six-hour session, so it's gonna be huge. Um, so I, that's 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 how I'm celebrating. It's uh, one of my one of my close buddies is tattooing me, so it's it'll it'll, it'll be dope. Um, but yeah, I have no, I just, I don't know. I'm just I've never really put a lot of pressure on releases. It's kind of just like I forget almost that it's happening. <laughs> yeah. um, because i've seen so many other artists who get really stressed and especially if like they don't get on a playlist that they want to be on and i'm just like i don't even i can't i don't want to stress about that at all because i will i'll get super stressed and and upset and whatever because i don't know um so i'm i'm just like i just kind of like let it happen forget about it but still you know love it and embrace it and have fun and care about it and, and passionate so i'll definitely maybe do a live or I, you know i don't know and i'll do something yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear it tonight. I've, I've heard, a, a, like I said, a few songs off of it, and it's awesome. And I, I love how it sounds thus far. I can't wait to hear the rest of the record. Um, I was going to ask you, and maybe this is too insider trading information, but I was just curious. I did. I was talking to Scott and Chris a while ago, and they were saying that they were going to write a song with you, or you were going to before you were even in the video. It was like you guys are still talking to do a vid, about doing the video. Right. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're like, we're going to write something like, you know, all three of you guys are going to get together. Or at least you and Scott are going to get together. Did you guys ever do that? Not yet. No, because they've been on tour and I've been. Yeah. Super um, but that was always the plan. You know, I always wanted to write with them. And like, I'm just, yeah, that would be a fucking, I don't even know how to describe the feelings behind <laughs> that, dude. It's, <laughs> it's another one of those things. that's just like, it's, there's no way this is happening. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely the plan for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, they were talking about it. And I was like, oh, that's going to be killer. I can't wait to see it. And that video that you guys did is so cool. I like, know. Dude, I want to like watch no. that movie. I want to like, I want to. I know. Put the actual <laughs> movie and dope concept and they killed it. And so I'm very proud and honored and just, yeah, super happy about how that turned out. Do you have any uh, like desire to do that for your project at all? Like do you put it together in a long form like video movie? Yeah, I always, I, I've always been trying to connect the dots of both careers and sort of bridge that gap. And how do I merge both worlds? And most of my music videos are pretty cinematic. Like I'll always have some sort of like dialogue before, have some sort of storyline and make oh, it yeah. really interesting and fun. And so I do definitely want to. I just haven't really had the time to sort of like sit down and either conceptualize or even just go for it, you know, so hopefully down the road i'll be able to do something like that but um as of right now i've only done one music video for this album and it was for my first release lemon um, that video is killer i, I yeah, that, fun, yeah i mean yeah it exactly what you said it's cinematic i mean it's it's really dope that's why i was curious if you're going to do something bigger for like longer format yeah i definitely want to you know like my homies and i it was it was basically just me and two of my friends that that shot that it was me oh, Matt, wow the producer and then my camera operator who's my best friend and so that's how we do it we, whenever we film a music video it's a small condensed crew we know what we're doing we film shit all the time um i edit the videos you know it's all sort of in-house and passion wow. project completely so it's a lot of work i think that's why it's a little daunting also to sort of <laughs> undertake it all but it's it's good work like i love it so eventually definitely i think so i think it'll happen for sure amazing and what about a tour for the album are you gonna do yeah, anything sometime. Sometime next year, I'm I'm working on doing a UK, Europe, uh, uh, America tour. You know, like it's it's complicated with both careers. I'm like, I was gonna say you've got to be so busy doing all the stuff that you a little doing. bit, you know. But it's this, it's it's it's. I just have to figure out. I have to be strategic about it all. So, um, I'm definitely. I've been dedicating a lot of time to music the past six years, eight, seven years, something like that, and uh, I want um to sort of focus on the movie side for a little while you know like use the momentum from teen wolf and just kind of like keep jumping from project to project getting my own projects made so i definitely want to ride that out as long as possible so i don't lose momentum on that end of the world and then you know as soon as i feel pretty satiated from that i will start booking tours and that's the plan you know i really want to go to europe uk because they're so they're so passionate over there and i was just there for something else and they're all like you have to come tour please please so it's definitely in the books just nothing concrete yet 
Right on. Well, thank you so much, Tyler, for doing this, dude. I'm really, yeah, this has been so much fun. I have one more question for you before I let you go. Actually, two questions, because I'm curious about your Christmas tree. <laughs> you, dude, like this was the first time this this last year Christmas that I went all out. I've put lights all on my house, um, put up this Christmas tree. Like the, there's a window here that like everyone can see from the street, and literally haven't taken them down. Like, <laughs> my front gate has three wreaths hanging on on it, and so it's like I wanted to. And at this point, I'm like uh, just lazy, I guess. I'm going to get there. I really want to take them down because it feels like now it's kind of cool. It's like Christmas in the summertime coming up. Yeah, definitely. I feel, tacky. <laughs> I, feel I feel tacky. Like, like, I feel like my neighbors are like, God, fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, I, yeah, my last question is if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, I guess uh, a bunch. Yeah. Um, take it all in. Like always like be present and learn the hard way sometimes like for me i had to re fall in love with music like when i got on the label i was trying to impress other people um it's a tough one man because like sometimes music is people's livelihood so they need to sort of conform to what the masses are listening to or be TikTok heavy and kind of promote themselves that way, even though it feels sort of soulless. And like, this isn't why I'm doing this career is to promote myself like through TikTok, but it's, it's definitely an integral like part to this. And so I don't know, just be true to yourself, like really find out what matters to you, but like learn the hard way, like really go through every Avenue and, and experiment and see what works for you. Like for me, I've realized that like making people happy isn't more important than making myself happy in this career and also like doing like like oversaturating tiktok and social media with with press of my music or trying to get people more listens and likes and follows that doesn't make me happy either so i've just like pumped the brakes on all of that and i'm just like now just figuring out again what it is that makes me happy in this industry so i think it's a constant like being present experiment do 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 all the tiktoks do all the weird shit that kind of makes you uncomfortable get out of your comfort zone but then reanalyze check in with yourself every now and then and kind of just like okay where am i at what makes me happy this hasn't made me happy yet so maybe i'll you know move on navigate somewhere else and i don't know i'm i'm still learning as an artist and musician so that's where i'm at right now definitely